Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. It's the end of cricketing year 2023. We're going to do a recap of a few of our favourite moments and controversies from the 2023 season. We'll talk about the double ashes, Australia double World Cup champions, Daryl Mitchell, Travis Head, and plenty of controversy from around the world of cricket in 2023. All coming up on the Top Order Podcast 2023 recap. Stay tuned. Well, boys, we are here at the end of 2023, December 20th to be precise. We're all nearly finished uh, our work for the year. We're planning a little road trip to Australia-New Zealand test match, which will be um, so nice. Save that for the 2024 preview. Hopefully they've got some of that watermelon pals again. That was uh, very, (laughs) very refreshing down at Mount Monganui. But there is only one place to start, and I hate to do this, Australia have got a couple of trophies this year, Bordy. So going to give you the bragging rights and opening rights of the 2023 uh, recap. And if, if that isn't your moment, then we've got problems. No, no, it is my moment. Yeah, okay. Embarrassment, embarrassment of riches. I sent him a message this morning saying, you know, who, what are you going to actually pick? Because you've got, you know, you've got the retaining the ashes, which seems to be quite high on the, on the two of you's radar, at least. And we've, you've got your World Cups. You've got your World Test Championship final. What, what actually is it? Uh, all of the above. Uh, we, 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 we won some tournaments this year. I've been I've had, had spent a little bit of time in the room of mirrors today practicing my uh, gracious winner face. So I hope oh. it comes across on the YouTube. Um, yeah, Australian men's um, 50 over World Cup win, uh, World Test Championship win, women's T20 World Cup win. The women went 20 and 5 across all formats this year. Um, and, you know, we retained the ashes as well for men and women in close encounters so uh, those are my highlights for uh, my cricketing year this 2023 it's been a good year for uh, baldy uh, living overseas um, winning tournaments always good to be living overseas when you're winning stuff well what's the best though you know you can't just list off you know we're not all in a position to sure. uh, you know we we sort of framed this episode as you know let's let's talk a little bit about our highlights and kind of the things that stood out to us the most is there sort of certain moments from those or at least uh, you know, one particular thing that felt more special than others? I think winning the, the 50 over World Cup for men is the highlight, I think, for me because it was the least expected of those outcomes. I think Australia would have gone in expecting to retain the Ashes. They would have probably expected to win the World Test Championship in against India in neutral conditions. The women's team was certainly expected to win the, t- the T20 tournament. So I think the 50 over World Cup for men is probably the most surprising outcome and the most pleasing one for me of all of those. And you never put a line through them even when they were down? No, I believed in them all the way, all Raj. The way uh, particularly when um, they were 0 2. Everyone was <laughs> prepared to write them off, not me. I was sticking firm with the Australians. I always thought they could play some good cricket and bounce back from from where they were. And I was confident that the captaincy and coaching staff were doing the right things, the right processes <laughs> to get them back on track. Uh, Bordy, individual performances throughout the course of, of that, obviously there's a few that are well documented through the course of that tournament, but is there anyone that you felt kind of carried the, I don't know, a talismanic status through um, yeah, through that tournament for, for Australia, anything that you would particularly pinpoint as the, the difference maker in that side? Uh, for the for the men's team, yeah. I, I think one of the things that I think was really clear from the 50 over World Cup is that Australia have re-emerged as the dominant fielding side in world cricket, particularly in their ground fielding. 
first two catches, uh, first two games of the World Cup, notwithstanding the catching percentage was terrible, and hence why they lost those games. But towards the back end of the World Cup, Australia reasserted their dominance as the best ground fielding unit in world cricket. I think for the women's team, we've seen players step up over the course of the year and emerge as future leaders. Now that um, you know, we're starting to see. Meg Lanning's retired. We're starting to see a bit of a changing of the guard there. So some of those younger cricketers like Phoebe Litchfield are starting to really yeah. step up and be counted. She's had a tremendous um, year this year. And, and players like Ashley Gardner and Talia McGrath, Grace Harris, there's so many of those uh, uh, women are emerging as, as superstar cricketers in the women's tournament as well. So it's more competitive than ever, than ever that, that women's landscape, uh, but Australia are, are well positioned to dominate and going into the future, I think. Just just to jump on the back of those individual performances, Glenn Maxwell uh, finally living up to the, the big show, mm-hmm. that double hundred in the World Cup, and then there's performances in the, the 2020 series after that. Uh, he's He's been really good this year. He's been fantastic this year. We, we haven't even mentioned his 100 off 40 balls to set the, the World Cup record for fastest 100 as well. So he's had a tremendous year. I think this World Cup, he has lived up to his reputation that he's carried with him his whole life. And whether or not you believe that he gave himself the nickname The Big Show or it was foisted <laughs> upon him, he certainly lived up to it in this tournament. And I think that's a real legacy for him for the rest of his career. Since we're on Australia, it doesn't have to be Bully that answers this. I, I've been thinking about this a bit, you know, sadly having to reflect on the all the number of trophies that they've they've got in their cabinet at the moment and the prospect of them holding all three men's titles next year, which is even... Is that worse than England holding all three or, or, uh, or similar? I think, you guys I, think it's more I think it is worse personally for, for yeah. me, uh, certainly with my... Uh, English connections as well that you know I've had a bit of a softer side for for England than I certainly do You've for, for Australia. Never described that on the podcast. That's no, no. I, I still, look, still, still, still all about New Zealand for me. But look, in a serious note, do you think we're like underestimated like the historical significance of this Australian side? Like I feel like for years now we've been talking about uh, we've been talking about them. And their weaknesses, really. I think we've been saying, you know, that they're, um, you know, they're short on this. The T20 World Cup, we underestimated them. The ODI World Cup, no one kind of thought that they were going to win. You know, when you know, we jokingly, in the most part, make jokes about guys like David Warner and, and all of those kind of players. But we always hark back to the 90s and the 2000s and, and the, the strength of those sides. But this Australian core of this group now, they're winning, like, maybe not the amount of games that those sides won and kind of the link, the winning streaks of them, but they're winning the trophies uh, to the same level as, as some of those players over this course of time. Yeah, I heard a really good comment on another podcast the other day that said that Australia weren't the best team in the tournament, but they were the best tournament team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it is that ability to, to win those clutch moments. And um, you look at the, the, you know, the people that they've got on the park. We've just recorded our IPL auction uh, recap we're talking about guys that literally have taken the biggest amount of money in that mini auction um, and yeah. the two seamers you've got Travis Head who's got picked up as well and then you, you Hazelwood you, would have been there if he was available I'm sure no Hazelwood got passed in no but he got passed in because yeah. he's uh, having a baby I yeah. think at that time and not an unavailable he'll miss half the tournament yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we, you know you then look at the fact that Maxwell's got a gig Warner's got a gig you know so pretty much all of their you know all of their players all of their side command those big salaries in the IPL because 
they have got that ability in, in mm. clutch, you know, in clutch situations. So we, maybe we do underestimate it and, and maybe it's because of their dominance in the, particularly for our generation, mm. maybe it's because of their dominance through the 90s and, and, and 2000s that we kind of just expect it. Um, and, and the fact that they have had a little bit of a, a quieter patch, I suppose, um, maybe as, you know, maybe a surprises a little bit. Well, my hot take on it is that I, I think that they're a side that shows a, a little bit of humility, which is not what we've seen with a lot of Australian sides of the past, uh, whether that's, you know, because of certain events that have happened in the last few years. Um, they're, they're a little bit more introspective. If you, if you look at guys like Travis Head, who have had massive yeah. impacts, guys like Pat Cummins, mm. th these guys are more, they're quieter guys. They're not going to go out there mm. and puff their chest out and talk about how, how good they are. But they are still very, very yeah. good. And when they need to turn on an absolute performance, they can do it. When, mm. it. when it gets to those semifinals, those World Cups, they won the games in the field. They, 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 they yeah. you know, they. It, it's like they managed to go back to those, you know, early 2000s sides where games were won in the warm-ups, not, not, not in the actual game. And they were just, they were really on. I, I do want to talk about Travis Head. He is on the run sheet for a little bit later, but I might as well get him out now. Um, massive big game player this year he's been incredible uh this year the 163 in the world test championship final the 139 in the odi world cup uh final as well as the other hundreds he scored when he was, was there. he man of match in the semi as well he man of the match in the semi yeah. and the final yeah. and his first world cup game was the game against new zealand where yeah. he came in and bashed new yeah. zealand and got 100 yeah, all right all australia right need, well <laughs> australia needed to win that game right yeah, their, their they spot in the semi-final at that stage wasn't assured and he came out and dominated that game bossed new zealand in that game but for me you know the last five years looking back at you know 2018 he's just been an add-on player for me you know he's just been there he hasn't been uh you know an absolute must-have player he's there he's performed every now and then but he has this year for me ascended into an absolute must-have player and he's going to be a future leader of this australian <laughs> side as well he's not 30 yet mm. can i add another name to that that's really impressed me this year is mitchell marsh he impressed yeah. two years ago in the T20s. He impressed last year in the ODIs. He's really impressed me in the test scene this year since he won a spot in the side. Like he dominated Pakistan the other day in a wicket that wasn't particularly easy for batting. I think, you know, the fact that he outscored Pakistan in the second innings by himself, scoring that 90. Um, I think he got that in the first innings, but that's by the by. He has really impressed me. And as good as Cameron Green is, Cameron Green is in an absolute dogfight to get himself back into that test side because Marsh has just made every post a winner since he's come back into the team. Yeah, he's like he's like Shane Watson 2.0. Mm -hmm. Except he can probably do a little bit better in the reviews. Yes, um, well, that wouldn't be hard. Mm. T talking of reviews, I think um, we'll keep the, the, the Australia theme. My, my highlight, I think, is the double ashes. Um, I think is a spectacle across the English summer. Um, look, it was absolutely quality. The way it was scheduled was superb that you got um, that, you know, interspersed cricket all throughout the summer. There wasn't a week without a big um, a big game. Um, from a personal highlight perspective, I just thought the quality of the test cricket was superb. Let, mm -hmm. You know, let's not go into all the what ifs and uh, and whatnot. But Stuart Broad bowing out with a both the mess script for me, um, a six with his last ball and a wicket with his last uh, last ball. Um, yeah, caught Bearstow uh, in a you know in a victory at the Oval, and then he gets to go and have a a beer with his great mate. I think was fantastic. And then I I also thought that the, the England women's performance in the Ashes, having lost the mm -hmm. Test match, which was the first 
match of the series and an eight all draw on points with Australia obviously keeping uh, keeping the ashes but um, England coming back to win 4-3 on, on victories across the seven uh, seven matches with Nat Siverbrunt um, who went to the WCL and did you know brilliant things as well mm. um, you know she got 400 runs I think at nearly she's six, had a terrific nearly year. 60 in that uh, in that ashes was was uh was sensational so uh, yeah I, I guess an Australia England theme again it was a yeah fantastic summer mm. of uh, cricket and y- you guys must have liked to spin as Sophie Eccleston as well through the course yeah, of yeah, yeah. that tournament as well uh, or that sorry that series uh, 20 wickets at, at 20 um, including a, a 10 wicket haul in the in the test match as well which was it was fantastic can I can I ask you um on a like a um a wider English perspective how do you kind of rate this year? Because it's been, I feel like the there has been some really good, like it's been an up and down one. And, you know, you've we've just seen a big disappointment in, in the World Cup, but we saw, you know, the baseball revolution has kind of caught fire. And I mean, that's not been just this year, but like that test form that we thought might only last a short time has actually maintained. And, you know, yeah, w- whatever you want to say about the Ashes, by the end of that Ashes, we certainly felt that England had the momentum and were going to win that series. Even, you know, if, if there'd been one more test, you would have felt like England was going to win that test. But I guess on overall picture, you know, even looking at like the 100 and stuff, there's been mixed views about that. Like, where, where do you think England cricket is at after 2023? Yeah, look, I, I think the rhetoric that's coming out of England, um, which I think is starting to piss off a few of the, you know, the seasoned journalists, is that we've got to pick one format and reset it and become good at it. And, yeah. and you've got other teams like Australia who now are going to, you know, hold all three, um, you know, all three championships potentially. Um yeah, so so so, so look, I'm going to hold them. Let's 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 settle down. Yeah, um, so, to my ears, just keep talking. Yeah, so, that boys, that's so, fantastic. So I think it's been, you know it's been a really really um, a mixed year. I think I think disappointed in the showing at the the fifty over World Cup, and then you know off the back of it we go to West Indies, and it looks like we're gonna you know we're gonna implode there as well, and then we've just started to come come good again but the, the test match rise for me and um look i don't i don't want to spoil the 2024 preview but we've got a big series coming up in india um you know that's going to be a test of basball really basball on the road um mm. I, I think he's going to be um you know he's, he's going to be key but look I, I think we're in a reasonable place we, we've got some talent coming through in in all three formats i think a little bit like what australia have done and, and are doing at the moment um and i think other teams might start to take um stock in this is you've probably got a situation where the games aren't that different you, you don't actually need mm. three different sides you can have a you know a core group um, of players a little bit like australia have, have got that can play um three format uh, three formats of cricket and, and be successful so I, I don't i think we'll start to see that particularly with the likes of a harry brook um coming through particularly with the likes of you know gus atkinson potentially coming into um into the fall from that perspective a couple of others as well ben duckett's just out there for the one day as mm. will jacks has been picked in the one day zach crawley's been picked in the, so i think they're going to actually go hold on we might have a nucleus here of you know seven or eight guys that could be in all three uh three squads so it's not doom and gloom but i think it's you know if, if you kind of uh looking at it as a school report card you know we, we you know we, we've done really really well in math and, and then we, <laughs> we we've gone absolutely terribly in in science um and uh yeah got to could do better for this year i think 
What, what about, um, Raj, you want to, I think, let's let's bring the tone of the podcast down, shall we, and go with some controversies, shall we? Um, before we go to, to Lippy, he'll, you know, be singing some New Zealand Kumbaya at the end. Um, you know, how, how good uh, the, the, the Super Smash is going to be in a couple of weeks' time. But you've got some controversies you want to talk started, about? mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I mean, not just, you know, it depends how you look at them. They could be highlights. They could be lowlights. Either way, they're key points for the year. Uh, the Angelo Matthews one was great, mainly because I think, the title of our podcast, the one where Angelo Matthews was late, was a real absolute <laughs> banger. Um, Highlight for us this year. I yes, guess. it was. Um, and then that also uh, leads us to that, you know, Alex Carey stumping of of Johnny Bairstow, which absolutely set the world on fire in terms of you just had so many different different opinions or strength of opinions on both sides uh, was incredible and you know that led to the scenes we saw in the long room Usman Khawaja looked like he was going to fight some some of the older men in that um, long room uh, at the same time well it's just all great theatre drama maybe it's not what the ICC the MCC want to see but um, certainly was a big part of the year it uh, it certainly helped our pod, uh, our video reviews uh, and uh, and our YouTube watches when when that happened. They they seemed to skyrocket when everyone was looking for more and more content. So mm. we'll, yeah, we certainly appreciated that. I mean, do, do they like? I don't know. I mean, I'm more on your side of things that I, like I I find all of that stuff quite entertaining in terms of all the off field stuff. Is it like does that mar any of those? Like, do you look guys look back at that and think, oh, like we don't we don't want to remember those moments? I don't know about not remembering those moments. I think we we're always going to talk about that um, when we when we think about that series. I think a, a little bit like, um, and again, this is pretty one-eyed. But when, when I think back about the two thousand five series, I, I talk, I, I think about Edgebaston and Australia needing three to win, and you know that the hand being off the bat and a catch down the leg side, and mm. um, I think about Ricky Ponting's run out by Gary Pratt, which he got very annoyed about. So, you, <laughs> so you, you think about those moments. McGrath stepping on the ball on the warm up, McGrath stepping impactful. on the ball, Kevin Peterson's impact on this. So you, so you think about some of those big talking point moments and like I think Stuart Broad said to Alex Carey you know this is what you'll be remembered for and I I, I guarantee that is going to be in his quick info player profile until he retires it will be so there is a there is a storytelling element Mm. about all of this that will will remain in the game but I think what it has done um, has detracted from the cricket that was played in that series to an extent um, and I think if I actually look back at it and I did today because I was trying to kind of go back through the year and I was I was trying to think when 2023 started and yeah. I found it was January um, <laughs> but um, uh, no, genuinely I, I couldn't remember when our 2020 World Cup victory was because I, I went over to the MCG for that it was November 2022 it's just it seems to have been like a dog year from from a cricketing perspective it's gone so um, so quickly but look yeah f- fantastic yeah fantastic things to talk about but the, the cricket in that series when you go back and look at the scorecards and you look at the first test was when Ben Stokes declared and there was 25 runs yeah, in it yeah, yeah. and this you know and you go through the ebb and flow of that series that that's what yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll remember Cummins partnership yeah, yeah. some great cricket when you mention entertainment I think what it actually is it's you know that that's the event it's how the players and teams react afterwards on the field you had Stuart Broad absolutely going Pat Cummins going Alex Carey they now have to execute under pressure. Watching them do it. another great example is the the David Warner Mitchell Johnson stuff that's just happened here. That I was glued to that first innings watching David Warner bat. I watched pretty pretty much that whole innings of his hundred in that first day, executing under pressure. It just adds another level to it. Not just 
the cricket, it's the mental side of it as well. Yeah, and look, there's a, you know, a fictional reference here to, to the, my favourite TV show, The West Wing. There was a quote in there around, you know, the public will vote and that they're fed up of a presidential sex scandal, but the gossip magazines have gone through the roof in terms of their circulation. And that and that's what you're alluding to, you yeah. know, from a YouTube perspective, from a content perspective, when there's a bit of controversy, it actually helps the theatre. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's looking back at the cricket and remembering the quality of that that's the, the important thing from a fan perspective. Just the Sorkin seasons, right? Um, I watch all of them, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, the, the first yeah, the first four when it when it's uh, Sorkin at the helm. Um, yeah, absolutely quality. Get on the newsroom as well. Very good whilst we're doing, uh, whilst we're doing Sorkin recommendations. Could share newsroom, yeah. yeah. Um, Endorse that. L- Lippy, what do you want to talk about? Highlights and, and Raj, and you might, if you've got more notes, we'll come back yeah. to you. Good. I, I think for, yeah, it's... In similar ways to England, it's been a really mixed year for New Zealand. You know, I tried, I did the same thing, tried to look back, like when when did the New Zealand season sort of start for 2023? Like what point were we? And yeah, you know, like it started with that actually pretty dull drawn series against Pakistan, drawn test series where I think New Zealand kind of had the better of that series probably, but, you know, both sides were were in a pretty low spot, I think, their test sides. And and I I don't even, you know, by the time we now, like, look back at uh, how our test year went, I don't know that we've really progressed from that that test season. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a mixed year. You know, you look at the White Ferns as well. They've had, after showing some promising signs in in 2022, they've had a pretty disappointing 2023 kind of first losses against different sides, Pakistan and stuff. And, you know, and Sri Lanka as well, another side who actually, when you, you know, that, you know, Chamari Atapatu, if we're going to talk about women's players who've burst onto the scene, she's been remarkable this year and and beating England as well and, and, uh, and, and beating New Zealand. So, you know, I, I think, Probably, I, I mean, I said to you earlier today, Raj, where do you think this New Zealand year kind of stacks up in terms of like meeting expectations? You know, has it been a disappointment? Has it been about where we kind of thought we were? Because there, there were some big highs and some big positives that I like big moments that I have enjoyed, which I'll, I'll probably get to in a minute. Yeah, I've, I've got down here mixed results, test and ODI or test in one day formats. I think a lot of series that we played this year we played with a lens focusing on the on the World Cup. We, it was more mm. building squads, yeah. pl- putting blooding players in different conditions. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of that, but it seems like it was that kind of year for us. The um, you know with the World Cup, I think we finished the World Cup about where I thought they would prior to the World Cup. You know, making that semi final mm-hmm. and that that sort of being it, I did kind of fall into the trap of thinking that they could win it all after the first three or four games there but um, look they finished about where I thought they would in the World Cup I think a big thing that you know we lose sight of is the contract saga that we had with Trent Bolt Colin de Grandholm and and Martin Guptill less so with with Guptill but you know Bolt and Colin de Grandholm would probably be bigger bigger parts of the those those teams that played this year had they been available for you know parts of it Um, so it was a big distraction as well it would have you know put the spanner and a lot of plans that um, the coaching staff would have had for this season, not mm. having those players available for every match. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a so-so season. I'm definitely looking for a, a jump when we're looking forward to 2024, though. I think, uh, you know, you asked about highlights and things. And, and I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I loved certain, you know, I loved that World Cup because of, uh, I loved it from a, nostalgia point of view almost like I, I you know I think us doing daily episodes kind of helped with that for me because 
you know, it, it sort of brought me back to the first days of watching cricket and when you just are up all night watching games and, and um, you know, I certainly, I pretty much didn't miss a, a, a ball live of that New Zealand uh, World Cup, which, you know, took its toll by the end of it in terms of sleeping hours and things. But, you know, I just loved the, the experience of that. But I actually, you know, there, were, there was the England test with Wagner having his moment. Kane was, was superb throughout. But, but actually, I think my highlight, really was uh, Daryl Mitchell. I mean, I mentioned him uh, just in our IPL preview about how consistent he's been. But, you know, I kind of wrote, I, I went back and thought, okay, like this across this calendar year, you know, I feel like he's been excelling in, in all formats and he's been doing it for a while. And yeah, so for this calendar year, he's played 48 matches for New Zealand in this calendar year, which is remarkable. He's He's in every single side. He's... I guess because uh, maybe at the start of 2023 he wasn't a guy who you were like oh well he needs to rest like in the likes of the Canes and the Southies and, and some of these other guys who have been around for a long time they're the ones who kind of not necessarily get to skip series but they're, they're players that you sort of think okay well you know we can rest them for a series because uh, we know what they can do and all that kind of stuff Mitchell I think has now like by the end of the year he's missing this uh, this ODI series that's happening right now against Bangladesh he's kind of pushed himself into that realm but he's averaged 41 across all those formats strike rate of 89 he's got almost 2,000 runs and the next for New Zealand is Conway with 1,321 I mean, he's only played 39 matches, but Latham's played similar number, 1286. And Williamson, remarkably, has 1,100 runs from 14 games. So, like, I mean, and, you know, and he's averaging almost 62. But I, I think the thing that stood out for me about Mitchell is that strike rate of 89. And, and it sort of alludes to what you were saying before, Binksy, about the way that people are playing their cricket. And I think Daryl Mitchell absolutely just kind of hits all of those categories in terms of he plays the same game whether it's a test like we saw it in Bangladesh just recently where uh, you know he he didn't have maybe the impact that he might have wanted to not not many of yeah. the batters did apart from Glenn Phillips and, and Williamson to a lesser extent but he still every time he walked to the crease he was positive he brings that attitude no matter what the game situation is it, we saw it during the World Cup he just brings that that energy that you sort of need in all forms of cricket at the moment and, and I think he's going to be you know he's set for another huge year yeah it, it sounds weird but I, I sometimes I'm watching the cricket from the kitchen and there's a mirror so I, I'm watching it on reverse he looks like <laughs> Matt Hayden when I watch him in the mirror that that's who he reminds me of he's got that sort of imposing almost mm. sort of wide yeah wide chest and you know has the benefit of not being Australian well sorry Paul he, he did spend a lot of time in Perth yes absolutely <laughs> And mm. Any other thoughts from a, a New Zealand highlights perspective or a highlights from 2023? Border, you've been quiet since the opener. You got anyone else you want to shout out? Oh, I had my go. I've I've been happy with all the all the cricketers that I mentioned. The the other uh, if we were going to go back to Australia, the other thing I did note down was Nathan Lyon getting to 500 wickets. I, I do think that's worth a, a, a mention. 500 Test wickets. I I know. Um, I know we kind of just talked about all the, the nice guys of Australian cricket, but, uh, you know, Lyon is someone I've always had a lot of admiration for mm. in terms of uh, obviously being an off-spinner, you know, and I'd, I'd enjoyed the love fest on social media between him and Ravi Ashwin, you know, with him coming back and then getting the 500 wickets. Ashwin was, was seemed to be delighted about that and they, they seemed to be the best of best of buddies and talking about where they're going to meet up when they um, are in their respective countries. But... 500 wickets is pretty remarkable and you know to think that he is someone that uh 
you know, hasn't hasn't always, I guess, been held in that high regard. And he's sort of been like the only spinner for Australia. But we talked about it when we talked about Bangladesh and stuff. So many other sides around the world only pick their spinners in certain conditions. Mm. Lyon plays everywhere and he performs everywhere. He does the job in Australia, does the job overseas. So, yeah, he's it's been a fantastic career. And he's talking about, you know, they're talking about him getting to 700 now. So yeah. it doesn't seem I, like he's... I, that's mainly Kerry O'Keefe, I think. And, uh, and I don't know why he's smoking, but all, I don't want to go anywhere near it. Almost <laughs> entirely Kerry O'Keefe's uh, prerogative, that 700 talk. But he could quite easily go past McGrath. I mean, I think he's got another couple is, of is years. Five, six, five, three? Six, three. Yeah. Exactly. So he's five oh one now. He's like he could easily go past that. I think he could get to six hundred. Get a big contract with Levi's and just leave it there. <laughs> he could do. Um, well done, Adam. That's good from you. Uh, it he, took me. He's got. He's got a great advantage, doesn't he? That he's playing the one format. Yep. Um, he yeah. Could, he could go very deep. Yep. Exactly. And he's and he's behind a really really good seam attack. So he's always he's yeah. almost always bowling on the front foot. Um, but what I've really liked about Lyon in the last couple of years is he started to get wickets in different scenarios he has been for a long time a guy who held up an end while the quicks did all the work at the other end he was a very workhorse like bowler for australia but we saw in that pakistan series he was bowling people you know through the gate from outside off stump again which is just fantastic for for me i i really like it when nathan lyon tries to attack both edges of the bat um so yeah he's come a long way in my mind in the last couple of years in particular he's had a really really good year um but yeah usman kawaja is the guy i want to finish on um, he's had another tremendous year as an opening bat for Australia. He will continue to carry the mantle into 2024 as the senior top-order player for Australia. Um, and just, as you say, tremendous, tremendous nice guys of the Australian cricket team. He's the nicest of the nice guys. And how, I just, how, how have we finished <laughs> this episode? Sorry, but how have we finished this episode with Australia are the nice guys of cricket? Yeah, Amazing. Happy. There aren't many of them, but Usman <laughs> Kawaja is, is one of them. And he's had a tremendous year. I, can't, I cannot be happier for him. Hey Siri, note, edit, last one minute of podcast. <laughs> okay, guys, um, look, we, we've got to let an Australian finish after the, the cricketing year that they've had, retaining the Ashes, holding both World Cups, um, white ball um, World Cups for men and women. Uh, and, oh man, it pains me to say it, but June, Caribbean, they could Scary. go again, couldn't they? But what, that will be coming up in the preview show, I would imagine. Um, so look, it is good night for us, uh, from us here on the Top Order podcast. As we said at the top of the episode, plenty in the feed. We've got our IPL auction recap. Um, go back and have a listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, and the next podcast in your feed in a little over uh, a week's time will be our 2024 preview show, ringing in uh, the new year. So if you're at a loose end on New Year's Eve, uh, listen to the Top Order podcast. Um, <laughs> do give us a like um, and a subscribe if you're finding us on uh, YouTube it does help others find the podcast in the vast algorithm that is uh, YouTube and, and helps us uh, to continue with this little passion project but for now it is good night and God bless from us all here in Auckland we'll see you soon good night <laughs>